We know the Bible makes it clear, and it's what I want us to focus on today as we celebrate Easter. The Bible makes it clear that this display of God's power in the resurrection was not only for one event in one moment of history, but it's for every day of our lives. God has a power that He wants to manifest in you and through you. And we want to give attention to that today. The problem is we forget that power. We forget that it is real. We forget that it is available to us. Uh, The title of this morning's message is Victorious. But how many of us feel victorious this morning in our lives, in our homes, in workplaces, with a problem that we're facing in our life? The Apostle Paul prays, and I just want you to hear this in Ephesians 1. He prays for the people in Ephesus three things. And, and the first one, he says, I pray that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. The second thing he prays for is that you may know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. But listen to the third thing. He prays that you may know what is the immeasurable, immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. The immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And then he writes in Ephesians 3, a couple chapters over, very last uh, section of Ephesians 3, not to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church. And so the Bible associates the power of the resurrection that raised a dead man from the grave with the power that he has placed in your life. They are the same. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the very same power that lives inside every Christian in this room. The word for power is a Greek word, dunamis. We get the word dynamite from it. And over 50 times in the New Testament, the Bible uses this word dunamis to describe the power that lives inside you and me. And we forget this power. It never fails. When it happens, it doesn't happen at 2 in the afternoon. It happens at 2.30 in the morning. There's a little chirping that goes off in my house. I don't know if it's ever happened to you. If it is, I'd like to talk to you about how, why it hasn't happened to you. But I have smoke alarms in my house. Anybody have any smoke alarms in their house? And they have batteries in them. Batteries that at least this manufacturer says guaranteed for five years. I haven't been in my house five years. And so I'm not so sure about that. But when the battery runs down in that smoke detector, it lets me know. It says, chirp. And we have a lot of smoke detectors in our house. And it goes off in such a way that I don't know which one it is. I'm already deaf on one side. It's it's the way I've lived most of my life. So I, I don't have a lot of stereo going on in my head. And so I've got to walk and stand under with my ear under each one to figure out where that chirp is coming from. And the whole reason that noise is happening, and, and it happens at 2.30 in the morning, 
is because the battery inside that smoke detector is running low. You need to know that inside you there is a power that never runs out. It is a power that is infinite. It is a power that God put in you to power the life that he has called you to live. He has a plan for your life, but he also has a power for your life. And this morning, I want us to talk about how Jesus in you is the power to do anything God calls you to do. And I want to focus primarily on three areas this morning. Here's the first one. The power of a risen Jesus living in a human heart. It's all the power you need. Here's the first one. The power to let go of your past. The power to let go of your past. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, Paul writes, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him, through faith and the powerful working of God. So, so the baptism, we're going to have one in the next hour. When someone is baptized, it is a portrait of what God has done spiritually in a human heart. And that old life is buried and a new life is raised up. And it's a picture of the resurrection life that you and I have been given when we have been united with Christ. So Paul says, that having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Have you ever been through a project at home and wish you could start over? Nobody raise your hand. And please don't, don't look at him right now, ladies. You ever been in a project you wish you could start over? Like, like painting the living room or whatever it is. A lot of people feel that way about life. They say, I wish I could just start over. I've made so many mistakes. I've messed up. And I don't see any way that it can ever be undone. I wish I could just start over. My failures, my problems, my bad decisions. And what's worse is that so many of us can't seem to let go of those things in our past. And as a result, the past controls our present and determines our future. We are filled with regret and guilt. I blew it, and so my life, the rest of my life, I'm going to pay for what I have done. What you need to know is that when Jesus lives in you, you have the power to let go of your past. In that passage we, we read in verse 13, it says, God made alive, made us alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. That word forgiven is, is the idea of graciously pardoning somebody. They, they don't deserve it. We are really guilty. We deserve punishment. We deserve judgment. But he has forgiven us in Christ. He has graciously given us what we don't deserve. He has pardoned us. Now, how did he do it? Well, it says, having forgiven us, all our trespasses, here's how I did it, verse 14, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Canceling the record of debt. I brought with me an etch a sketch 
this morning. Uh, how many of y'all have one of these at home? Okay, etch a sketch. Um, when I was growing up and I would make pictures with this, they were none too pretty, but I've seen some pretty amazing work that people have done with etch a sketches. Um, they, uh, they frame them, put them in art museums and that kind of thing. Not my pictures, but, but people have done it. The neat thing about etch a sketch is when you mess up, uh, you flip it, shake it, and all your mistakes are rubbed out. They just disappear. Dear one, that's what God has done with your sins. That's what God has done with your sins. He didn't come to rub those sins in. He came to rub them out and cause them to go away. When God says it's canceled, he's not talking about just denying the past or pretending it didn't happen. When God says it's canceled, it is gone. He has removed the record of your wrongs, and he did it by nailing it to the cross where Jesus died. Jesus knows the things you've done wrong, and you have been forgiven. You have the power to let go of your past. Secondly, you have the power to thrive in every situation. You have the power to thrive in every situation. Romans chapter 8, verse 34, listen to this wonderful passage of Scripture. Who is to condemn? Now you think about it this morning. Who could stand up, point a finger at you, and condemn you? Paul says, who's going to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Then he says in verse 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The fact is, all of us have problems. If you don't have problems, you need to check your pulse. Because if you're alive and you're breathing, you have problems. The problem with our problems is how we view them, how we handle them, how we look at them. Too much of the time we try to do it in our own strength. We have problems and we get weighted down, we get burdened, we get worried, we get wearied, and we try to manage it in our own strength. And that's how you know when you're trying to solve your own problems. You're weary all the time, you're worried all the time, and if anybody asks you how you're doing, that's all you talk about are your problems and your difficulties. But God says, listen, you've got a power at work in your life right now, if you're a Christian, that you need to know about. And here, here's this language that is used in this text we just read. Christ Jesus, listen to this, is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. You know what that means? This Jesus who, who walked out of a grave where they laid him as a dead man, this Jesus is praying for you. It says he's interceding for you. It means that everything you face, Jesus is literally your cheerleader. He is cheering you on. He is pulling for you. He lives inside you, but he also stands before the Father. And he cries out for you. He stands for you. He 
He intercedes for you. And this one who died for you and who prays for you, the Bible says he loves you. And all these things, because he loves us and prays for us, and all these things, he says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than is literally just a a hyphenation on the original word. We are super conquerors. We are hyper conquerors. It's an overwhelming victory. And that's the truth about you. It's a truth you have to choose to believe. That you are more than a conqueror. If you put your life in God's hands and you rely on the power of the resurrection, nothing can devastate your life. Nothing will swallow you up. Nothing can destroy you. And that's the message of Easter. Jesus who defeated death is saying no matter how dark the situation is, God can turn it around. No situation is hopeless. God loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections. So you have the power this morning to let go of your past. And no matter what situation you're facing, there is a way for you through it to thrive in it. You know what the outcome is. You know nothing ultimately can destroy you. But there's a third power in your life because of Jesus' resurrection, and that's the power to change your life. The power to change your life. In Romans 6, verse 4, the Bible says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. When Jesus was laid in that tomb, in a real sense, when you became a Christian and you were united with him, you were laid in that tomb. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Jesus has a new life. And just as he has a new life, you and I can walk in newness of life. Is there anything you would like to change about yourself? Is there anything your spouse or friends would like to change about yourself? A husband went in for marriage counseling one day and said, I want a divorce right now. The pastor said, but you said you promised before God to take her for better or for worse. The man said, yeah, but she's a lot worse than I took her for. God uses a two-step process to change us. When we commit our our lives to him and we put our trust in Christ, the first part of the process is that, that everything about us, the truth about us changes. Who we are changes. We are made new on the inside. All of our sins are canceled. Our debt is paid. The record is is canceled and taken away and nailed to the cross. That's step one. You trust Christ, you are made new. You have a new standing before God. But there's a second step in this process, and we see it in this verse in Romans 6. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism and death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, dear one, walking is a process. No one is born walking. Well, no human being is born walking, and uh, someday that may happen, but I have never seen it happen. We learn to walk. Walking is a process. And so we're born, and, and we are new, and we have the capability of walking, but not all of us walk right away. Walking is something that's learned, and we walk in newness of life over time as God works in us, as we, as we are with other believers, as we come together in groups. That's why we emphasize the importance of fellowship and Christian relationships and being part of a church. 
Some people say, I can be a Christian. I don't need to be at that church. Listen, God invented church. Church was his idea. And, and his intent is that through a relationship with other Christians, you would learn to walk out this new life that he has given you. And so it's a process, step by step, that God wants to take to change you from the inside out. How do I walk in this power? You learn and grow with others. But you have the power to change your life if Christ lives in you. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to change you. In John 3, 17, he said, I didn't come to condemn the world. He said, I came to save it. Came to save it. Some of you are sitting here this morning. You think, God hates me. God judges me. God is against me. God condemns me. That's not true. God came after you. God sent Jesus, his son, to come and rescue you from all the enemies of your soul. There's only one thing that will keep you from changing. I don't know who you are, but I can tell you one thing about your life. The one thing that will keep you from changing. And I want you to think about what that is. One thing that's going to keep you from being the person that God wants you to be. One thing that's going to keep you from the plan of God. One thing that's going to keep you from experiencing his power to change you from the inside out. And what is it that's going to keep you from that? Well, it's not the devil. It's not any person that you know. God's not certainly keeping you from it. It's not your circumstances. There's one word to describe what's going to keep you from changing. Procrastination. Putting it off. Saying, I'll get serious about it someday. I hear what you're saying, preacher, but I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to trust Christ today. I'm not going to begin that journey today. I'm going to wait. That's the only thing standing between you and a new life. In just a moment, we're going to stand and sing. We call this an invitation. I call it typically a response time. It's a time where we respond to what God is saying to us. And I'll be standing here at the front. There'll be other pastors standing at the front. I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you, if you've never done so, to take that first step of the two steps that God wants to take in your life and put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's the one that can carry away your sins. He's the one that can cancel your debt. He's the one that can change your heart on the inside. And so I invite you to come and take that first step. We'll give you encouragement. We'll pray with you. We'll answer your questions. We'll share scripture with you. I'm going to share one more with you in just a moment before we pray. But, but you can leave here today with the power for a new life and a power that you can draw on every day as Jesus lives inside of you. How does that happen? How do you take that first step? In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Apostle Paul writes, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Now to call someone Lord is not very meaningful, is it? You can call me Lord, I can call you Lord, that doesn't change anything. But when you call Jesus Lord, what you're saying is that from the heart, I am turning to Christ and I'm surrendering the control of my life to Jesus. He becomes the director of my life, he becomes the one who sits at the, the head of the boardroom of my heart, he's the one who calls the shots, I'm giving him the controls. And so he says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and obviously that's something that you take seriously. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's the resurrection. That God has the power to change. That he can take a dead man and bring him to life. He can take your life and change you. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. 
you will be saved. That's a promise from God's Word. You won't have to worry about hell. You will have a new power in your life, and you will know your destiny is certain. No matter what this life throws at you, you will be not under your circumstances. You will be over your circumstances because your destiny will be heaven, and you will have right now a relationship with Jesus that will never change. It will never fail. And so in just a moment when we stand and sing, if you want to trust Christ, I invite you to come. Speak to one of the pastors. We'll share more scripture with you. If you have questions, we'll take you aside for a few minutes. We'll take all the time that you need. If you're a brother or sister in Christ and you're just here with a burden on your heart, you need someone to pray for you, or you realize today you haven't been walking in newness of life, you've just let everything overwhelm you and you just need encouragement, you need someone to pray with you, I invite you to come. You can pray at the steps. Grab a friend by the hand. Say, let's just go up there for a moment and pray. And on this Easter Sunday, take the first step of learning again how to walk in newness of life.